0: Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is May 22nd, 2018, and my guest on the show is Faiz Nazarali. He is the CEO, a.k.a. Chief of Miracles, at highvibe.network. FaZe is a mission-driven entrepreneur working deeply with blockchain-based projects that are positively impacting the world, passionate about merging related industries by bringing entrepreneurs, influencers, and thought leaders together for projects that support the common interests of humanity at large. He believes deeply that our connectedness as teachers, mentors, and collaborators enables us to become our best selves. Faze, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about High Vibe Network. What is it all about?
1: So we're a blockchain-based ecosystem designed to integrate immersive experiences, multidimensional learning, and personal development, and all with the foundations for autonomous growth.
0: Great. You know, the self-help and self-improvement space is a huge industry. So there's yoga, which is like an $85 billion industry, online courses, personal development. There are a number of new meditation and mind, mindfulness apps that are coming out. And all of them mm-hmm. are, all that they share in common is that they help people improve themselves, either spiritually in terms of their expertise and on a given topic, knowledge, or just improving their health. So this is a rapidly growing sector of the economy and industry. So tell me where HiVibe fits into it all.
1: Yes, for sure. So we're an experienced platform. And if you look at the current marketplace and you look at a lot of the, the courses that are happening out there and the, the different types of experiences that are being offered, there's no real incentive model behind it. So what we're finding is in e-learning, even though e-learning is one of the fastest growing industries in the world, online courses have a 96% dropout rate, which means that less than 5% of people who purchase these programs are actually which is a big problem. So what we're finding is that there's really cool incentive models that blockchain offers that can be adapted to some of these growing industries.
0: So why is that? Uh, Before we go further, can you comment on that? That's a pretty high dropout rate. And online courses are self-administered, so no one forces you to go to class. You just go and then Mm -hmm. follow the content at your own uh, rate at, at your own speed. So there seems to be a, a benefit to the online courses versus going to a classroom. But the dropout rate it is quite a bit higher for online courses. Do you know why that is or what could be leading to that?
1: Yeah, sure. So that stat is a blanket stat. Obviously, there's varying degrees of completion rates across the board. What I've seen work really well is social accountability in terms of having people accountable to either a buddy system or a group, or essentially having to deliver to more than themselves and, and have other people see their, their progress, that really works well in terms of increasing completion rates. But what we've seen in the blockchain, specifically with the Steam project and SteamIt, which has been around for about 18 months, is that they've created an incentive model that really causes autonomous growth and people to flourish and uh, thrive in that sort of ecosystem where they can earn for their activity.
0: So you're rewarding the content creators. So this, in this paradigm of online education, it would be the teachers and the instructors or the people making the uh, courses. Correct. Okay. And why would these uh, creators be willing to create this content if they have you know, other things that they could be doing instead? What's in it for them?
1: It's a phenomenal question. Yeah. So if you look at the marketplace, authors and creators struggle to make a profit. Usually they get less than 10% from publishers or the ones that self-publish struggle to get traction. They have to use Google, Facebook, and Amazon to get traffic. And then on the affiliate side, affiliates get paid with delays. They see the clicks and the opt-ins when they're, they're helping people sell digital products, but there's a huge lack of transparency as there's no shared ledger storing the sales data. And they have to wait 30 days plus usually to get paid. And then the users that we just spoke about aren't really incentivized to be consistent with the programs they purchase. So the majority of them aren't completing them. So authors and creators have a lot to gain by having distribution and visibility as well as a user base that's captive and actually completing the courses that they purchase or mm-hmm. the programs they purchase.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is an area because when you're forming new habits and teaching yourself to do something new, creating the right incentives is a critical component to that. Because... Habits are usually formed over repetition and over time. And if they're not done for a long period of time, then usually there's like a reversion back to the either if it's a behavior that you're trying to change, then a behavior or if it's finishing a course and it's, you know, continuing something over a period of time. So what are the incentive mechanisms that are unique to your the High Vibes Network's economics that solve that help to solve this type of problem?
1: Yeah, so that comes down to our token utility, and our token utility is trifold. We're adding value at a blockchain layer to every major use case in the ecosystem. So users get paid to play. They get paid to create, curate, and consume content in the ecosystem. Uh, They also build reputation in the process. Authors get visibility based on organic upvote and like-based algorithms, and they either get a fixed fee on membership platforms or a 30% fixed profit on premium offerings, which is much higher than the industry standard. And then affiliates are paid instantly and given a multi-tiered commission structure.
0: Okay, great so so if I'm a user and let's say the uh, I don't know just to take a, ran, a random one, let's say meditation is so there's a, a number so would there be a number of courses that uh, authors create on any given topic, one of which may be meditation or any other topic?
1: Yeah, so let's just back up a step and I'll explain one component that will sort of envelop into this question that you've asked. So High Vibe Network is an ecosystem of different apps and platforms. So the example you use is Meditations. We have a platform called Meditations Every Day, which is a headspace or comm style app. But instead of just consuming these audio meditations, you actually get paid to consume these meditations once you're a member. So you can actually earn and be positively geared in the platform. And this is really tapping into the attention economy. So currently people are giving their attention to all these different platforms without necessarily earning anything for it. But in the blockchain world, it's what I call the attention economy 2.0, where human attention is actually very valuable. And we're seeing all sorts of amazing projects like BATS, basic attention token, Steam, uh, and also some things building on EOS that are able to really give the user a direct benefit for voting with their attention.
0: Okay, so voting with their attention. So a user will vote with their attention. So what does that look like in practical terms?
1: So how does yeah, that, so, so does I good? probably use the word voting a bit too loosely. So essentially what I meant was they're, they're in investing their attention. And so our attention is very valuable. And if you look at the blockchain world, like Bitcoin, for example, people mine tokens with computational power. And if you fast forward 10 years, we're going to be in a quantum realm where computational power is getting increasingly commoditized and less and less valuable. Human attention is actually getting more and more valuable, and how we use our attention is there's more and more options out there for us to devote our attention to. So, social media has done a great job of really making it addictive for us to go in and, and use our attention and monetizing that attention. But the user doesn't necessarily get direct benefit for that. In the attention economy 2.0, the users are actually going to earn when they vote with their attention or when they allocate their attention or when they invest their attention.
0: Mm-hmm. So, where do you see this headed? From a high-level viewpoint, as you said, there are a number of different platforms out there, all of which are vying for users' attention. And then there's only a limited amount of attention and time that everyone has in their day, and it's split amongst various platforms, all of which are competing and these competing platforms offer users these services and features which they come to use and like because they get value from them either mm-hmm. because it gives them information or it proves them or you know a variety of other uh, reasons so as part of that uh, backdrop there has been a push from the users also to Retain ownership of the benefits that their uh, attention is bringing to platforms, and so it seems like he, as the, some of the con, some of the platforms you mentioned, like uh, BAT, and uh, some of the projects on Neo, and there are some others, all of which are giving back to users some of the the benefits that the attention that they're bringing to these platforms brings. Usually, up until now, to the platform itself. So can you break mm-hmm. that down how that applies to HighVibe and how that concept is being utilized on HighVibe?
1: Yeah, sure. So we're bringing premium content to the blockchain. So a lot of the best meditation artists in the world, a lot of the best personal development practitioners in the world are already on our platform or in our network and we're we're expanding our network drastically. We have a big pipeline of over 100 authors coming on board. We're building VR experiences like VR meditation immersions, VR wellness districts built on decentralized and District OX technology, VR yoga retreats that happen in paradise locations filmed in 3D that then become evergreen assets to the, to the platform. Um, and these experiences and these assets are currently quite expensive and not really accessible to the user. So what we're doing is we're actually making them very accessible, a lot easier to consume, and also... There's an earning component to that. So, when people use their attention to consume these, they're actually benefiting themselves in the process and earning tokens, making it a very strong proposition.
0: So, when a user, so tell me more about the ecosystem on vibe Network. So, it's an ecosystem of apps. And you mentioned just now that you're going to be working with third party platforms, and their apps will integrate with your ecosystem. How will that work in practice? Can you talk about how the inter- how the interplay between these third party platforms like Decentraland and District 0x that have these ecosystems built around them will be able to integrate with some of the apps on your platform?
1: So we're actually going to build on top of District OX and Decentraland, which are essentially marketplaces and protocols, so to speak. We're we're building our own apps, but we're bringing authors and crowdsourcing content. And in Decentral and District OX, there's essentially VR metaverses and VR spaces that you can build into and build wellness districts is what we're looking to do.
0: So what do you mean by that? A, a VR metaverse and uh, what was the second term you use?
1: Wellness districts.
0: Yeah. So expand on that. What will that yeah, look yeah.
1: like? Yeah, it's quite a quite a novel term and it's, it's still very early stages. I don't think very many people own VR headsets. And it's not super mainstream yet, but I see two, three years from now, it will be very mainstream and we're building for the future in that respect. A VR metaverse is like a VR world. It's like a universe in in its own right, where there's different vendors, there's different people already interacting, and you're essentially able to make decisions around where you spend your time in this metaverse. And in this metaverse could have multiple different types of experiences, and we want to bring the wellness and the yoga and the meditation experiences into the VR metaverses.
0: Do you think that, that will be appealing to people to do yoga and participate in these wellness or any app for that matter, in a in a VR space? Will that be the same as doing it in, you know, the traditional, I guess the real world
1: space? Yeah, I love that you asked that. So in the VR world, there's different types of audio visual experiences that can be had that don't necessarily need to be an exact like-for-like for, like for a traditional experience. It's not trying to replace an, a, a, a traditional experience. It's just a different style of experience. So for example, if you watch a movie in the theater or you watch a movie at home, it's it's different, right? It's not the same. And we're finding that through audiovisual technology, we can really affect our consciousness and our brains in a different way through binaural beats, for example, through oscillating beats, for example, through different types of visuals. We can really have some transcendental experiences that can't really be had without this technology in that time frame.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people who aren't familiar with the space maybe are hesitant because the first thing that they think is that in the future, dystopia or utopia, however you look at it, whatever your perspective is, many traditionalists or people who aren't familiar with the space who view it negatively, their first criticism is that You know, people won't interact face to face anymore once VR becomes more popular and everyone uses it. But it seems like what you're saying is that you know it'll still be place, or there will still be a role for interactive experiences in the real world. But that this is a technology which can add a different dimension and bring a different type of uh, use or a different functionality, I guess, than could So different types of things can be done in the VR space that can't be done in the real world. So it complements it
1: in a different way
0: rather than replacing yeah. it together.
1: Yes, totally. And that's a great way of putting it. It's very complementary. And so the way we see it is, for example, if someone listens to an audio meditation of Marissa Peer, for example, who's Britain's number one therapist. She used to be Princess Diana's therapist. She's one of our authors. Uh, so someone listened to a meditation of hers in the meditation platform, they could then go to the VR platform and do a VR hypnosis session and feel like they're sitting in a room with her where normally that would cost something like five thousand pounds to be able to do that, uh, where they can get that at a fraction and, and feel like they're they're in there with her. VR experiences are still very early stage, but um, and it's also a small part of our ecosystem. It's not it's not the the biggest piece, but I do feel that it, there's a lot of innovation happening there, and there's a lot of very cool nifty interactions that we're not even aware of today that can happen in that world.
0: So how are you tracking... So you answered this briefly, but let's explore this a little further so you one of the challenges will be to uh, bring authors and content creators to create this mm-hmm. type of content onto and into the ecosystem and you just mentioned fairly well known and a successful author who leads yoga sessions and meditation sessions and in order to be a student in one of these sessions it would usually cost quite a lot and to be there in person but now this uh, author can leverage her skills and bring it to a much wider audience than she otherwise would be able to, thanks to you know technology. But also, not you know if you're listening to it just on headphones, it doesn't necessarily bring that entire experience that the way that a VR uh, experience does. So, but how do you bring these people to your platform, and what are the, the biggest reasons for them to create content and bring it into this ecosystem?
1: It's a great question. Yeah. So authors love to align with quality creators. So quality videographers, quality copywriters, quality sound artists, and quality graphics artists. And they also, they also love distribution. If you look at an author's life, distribution of their content and distribution of their experience and distribution of all the different pieces that uh, they put out into the world is actually a challenge for them. A lot of them have to go on social media. Their organic reach is going down. When they go through normal publishing means, they normally just get a fraction of of the earnings. And so to attract high-quality authors, you also need to have high-quality talent as well as a means for distribution, and both of which what we have. So we're actually already starting to film our first documentary, which is called The Future of Parenting. And we've got authors like Peter Diamandis in there, Dave Asprey, Dr. Shefali, who's a conscious parenting expert. And many others, and we're doing that because we we are are deep in the space. Our team is very well versed in how to interact with these authors, and also we've created a lot of amazing content already to showcase.
0: So, tell me a little bit about like the current stage of development and where you are. So, when? How long ago did the project start, and what are some of the milestones you've reached so far?
1: Yeah, so we started ideating this about a year ago, and started building the team early this year and really went deep into the user experience in creating a really solid brand and a style guide for the different types of pieces that we want to bring into the ecosystem. We went really deep into that. We also created a core set of values that we want the team to live by, which are sacred. And that's an acronym. Uh, they stand for service, abundance, connectedness, responsibility, empowerment, and devotion. Something really important for us is the energy of the team. In order to create a very large decentralized organization, software is a solution, but it's not the only solution. It's not the only way to do it. I think software is a piece of it and it's a tool, but the energy of the team is the core seeds that's going to propagate into the larger community and that feeling that everyone has around the momentum of a a movement. And I feel that blockchain projects that are going to win in the future are the ones that really serve their communities at the highest levels. So for us, that was the really important piece is to build the right culture and build the right energy. So we started doing that really early. And fast forward now, we have about 30 people in our team. And we've built a really solid alpha platform, which we're going to release in June 15th. And we've put together a documentary that's already started filming and a slate of several documentaries that are going to go to film and invited our core set of authors on board that are really going to attract some of the top talent in the industry.
0: We're excited to see the alpha when it launches. Can you tell us about what features will be part of the alpha?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're going um, to showcase some of our audio meditations, which essentially just throw headphones in and you can sit back and listen to them. So in our experience, the younger generation are more aligned with instant gratification and you know sitting with their eyes closed for half an hour a day is not necessarily something that's easy to develop as a habit, even though that sort of meditation can be helpful. So we're finding that guided audio meditations that are tuned to really nice music and really nice, elegant voices where you throw headphones in and you can just listen to while you're commuting or while you're lying in bed or while you're sitting in a chair work really, really well. So we're going to showcase some of those. We're also going to have a collection of courses to showcase some of the talent that we've attracted. And then we're going to have some events that we host around the world in different parts that showcase some of the different physical experiences that we can bring into this ecosystem, because that's a big part of this as well.
0: Mm. So for the Alpha, the, there will be, will it be a web app or a mobile app? Or both?
1: It'll be a web app, but it'll be a mobile optimized.
0: And so it'll be a collection of content, meditation, events. So for the Alpha version, users will be able to interact with the content, but the token economics component and the content creation component won't be ready for the alpha. Is that correct?
1: Correct. That'll be in the beta.
0: Okay. So the alpha is June 15th. It'll have the uh, content which users can register, uh, interact with, download, listen to. And then the beta launch is going to be the additional features. So when is the beta launch
1: scheduled for? So parts of it will come out Q4 this year and then the rest will come out Q1 next year. And then we have a staged approach for the different apps that we're launching in the ecosystem. There's about 14 total.
0: Tell us about some of the planned apps, if you can, if they're uh, public yet. But I'm sure people, listeners would be excited to hear about some of the planned apps and what their features will be and how they'll work and, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'll tell you a few of them and I'll leave some of them as a surprise in the future because we're um, we're adding to this portfolio. And a lot of them kind of work together in terms of the production, but we're keeping them separate on purpose to have unique experiences to those specific types of uh, modalities. So VR and Flow is going to be our VR meditation immersion scenario, VR wellness districts that I alluded to before. I develop myself as like a Netflix for personal development where we give you an all you can eat membership. For less than 10 bucks a month, you can get access to over 10 K worth of personal development courses. So the reason why Netflix has done so well and the reason why they have 125 million members and counting is because they give their users disproportionate value. So even if you miss a month or two of Netflix, you don't feel guilty or you don't feel bad or you don't even feel like canceling. Last year when we started this project, they only had 70 million members. So they're growing rapidly and uh, they definitely proven that model. Meditations every day is a, a calm or headspace style app uh, where you get paid to meditate. High Vibe School is around raising the consciousness of our future generations. So it's targeting children where we teach them mindfulness. We teach them emotional intelligence. We teach them how to breathe properly. We teach them self-worth and self-confidence. A lot of the things that you don't really learn in school as a kid. High Vibe Show is actually our audio platform, which is going to be a podcast as well as Alexa Skill. Zen Travel Co. is around tapping into the affinity-based group travel industry. So yoga retreats, wellness retreats, mountaineering retreats, Ayurvedic retreats, specific types of dieting retreats, and all collecting groups of people that are already happening around the world and being a platform to uh, bring all of those experiences together. Abundant Sounds is our functional music platform, bringing music that is tuned to uplift your mood for different times of the day. And then High Vibe News is a positive news channel of positive things happening around the world in stark contrast to some of the fear-based news that we're used to seeing on TV. And then high-vibe events are events that we're going to host around the world. We're going to have sponsored meetups that do sound healings, ecstatic dance, cacao ceremonies, and kind of these wellness sort of parties that are mindful parties that are quite fun, as well as we're going to go into existing festivals happening around the world, conscious festivals, and throw mini events inside those festivals.
0: I think the that's a nice range of activities and different types of you know it's kind of like a whole ecosystem and it all like complements itself and it's all focused on like the the it has like the overarching theme of like uh, wellness and mindfulness and education and um, sort of this this vibe I guess you could describe it as but (laughs) yeah it sounds really cool Um, appreciate you saying that yeah I really like the idea I like the idea of being able to go to one place and just getting all these different categories of content. So, Faze, tell me a little bit about the energy of the team and how you guys met and where you guys are based and all that.
1: So we have a global team. Um, Our head office is in Estonia, which is a regulation-friendly jurisdiction. And it's a beautiful thing because Estonia is, is one of the pioneering governments around digital jurisdictions where you can get an e-residency, the team can be located wherever they want, and they can file their taxes and do their economic activity digitally. And also it's regulation-friendly for utility token ecosystems, which we're completely abiding by. And we're also going to have an exchange license and a wallet license to build a decentralized exchange and have uh, wallet capabilities. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. The energy of the team is something that we are all really focused on. And it's around creating an environment where people feel that like working is fun and it's blending the lifestyle that people want to create with the works that they want to contribute to. And so a lot of our team members are what I call black belts. They're, they're really high achievers in their own right. And we've all met through the synchronicity of the world of going through these different global events, you know, some of the world's best events like Summit Series and A-Fest and TED Talks and Forbes. And so a lot of our people have come from those events and been curated from those events. And there really are amazing people that I love and that are like a family to me, and we're creating this big global family.
0: How do you guys work together being a global and remote team? I'm sure some of your team members are based locally, but then you also have team members who are in different countries so I, we are also a remote team, so all of our members are in different countries and you know we you know do the usual slack and you know, sometimes we have, uh, you know, video meetings and emails. And, you know, for us, it works pretty great. You know, everyone can work during their own hours so they don't have to come into an office. And there's a lot of benefits to that side of it. And there's also some drawbacks because you don't get to see people in person. So, do you guys have any unique strategies that you guys implement within your company? to uh, cope with some of the, the challenges of uh, creating a friendly work environment and creating a, maximizing everyone's productivity, but also enjoying the, the work uh, space and, and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, look, I'm glad you asked that. I feel that we're super blessed because we have uh, people all over the world. So when, even when our team's traveling, they can kind of stay with each other. We've created a few really interesting styles of leadership that work really well, and I'm happy to share them. So what we've done is we've open sourced people's feelings, like how they're feeling about the project. What are the energy levels? How is the task completion looking like? And what's the collaboration looking like? You know, collaboration is the lifeblood of any organization or any team. And so what I want to make sure is collaboration has no friction and that people are able to collaborate and support each other and, and work towards common goals. So what we've done is we've created a group that's called EOT, energy of the team. And it's a weekly check in that I I'm the one who, uh, who leads that. And I send it through to our whole team. And what they all have to do is answer three questions and give a rating from one to 10. The first question is their energy levels. And you know we care about our team. We want to know how are they feeling, mind, body, and soul. The second piece we ask is their task completion and output. How proactive are they being? Are they taking measures to move their priorities forward? And the third piece is collaboration and support. How are they interacting with the rest of the team? Are they receiving everything they need? And are they being responsive themselves? And what we find is when people answer these two questions, they keep themselves accountable, but then they see what everyone else is doing. And then if anyone else is falling short, they can actually help lift them up and essentially work autonomously with each other to, to make sure that everyone's on track.
0: So what do you do? How do you implement the the feedback that you get from that. So if one user's if one uh, employee or coworker sees that he's doing great and you know he's very productive and he's very feeling very positive about how the company's going and his role mm-hmm. in the company and he's enjoying the tasks that he's working on and he feels very you know satisfied with his work. Mm-hmm. But then there's another employee who you know isn't doing so great, you know he's frustrated because he doesn't like the tasks he's doing or there is some bottleneck in his uh, productivity that's affecting his ability to really do his job well. And there's some structural changes that need to be made in the company, either in his workflow or his responsibilities or the type of job that he's given. So how do you address that feedback? So how can one person uh, help the other person? I guess by just seeing that, you know, some having this, all this information public, It can draw attention to, you know, if someone's not feeling great about a certain component of their job, anyone can then approach that person and get feedback from them on how that can be improved. And, you know, having that on a a weekly basis can, you know, track that over time and and see, you know, if things change or if things go up and you can always, you know, uh, have like some measure over time to see how that changes.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. Exactly. So we're open sourcing the energy levels of the team so everyone can see it transparently and people can support each other. And then obviously, if someone's falling short in whatever area, we can support them and we can help them pivot proactively rather than letting things linger and, and go south.
0: Do you have an example you want to share about one situation where you guys were able to solve a problem that otherwise maybe wouldn't have been identified?
1: Yeah, there's a couple. So. One of them was when a specific team member didn't respond in the group. And that's how we knew that he needed some extra attention. So one of the, the things that we say is, if you don't respond, then we'll, we'll assume that you need some support and we'll reach out to you. And so Blake, our CEO, reached out and you know that person did need support. So we knew about it proactively without actually having to, to dig too deep. The second one is that one of the trends that we saw in, on one of the last updates was a few people automatically said their their energy levels were at a six, which is obviously lower than ideal. And so uh, Renee, one of our team members, offered to jump on the call with them and just uplift them in it and have a have a little session and and feel them out and, and see how she could offer some support and guidance. And she's really good at that. She's actually an energy healer, and so she's she's really tapped into how people can manage their energy levels and how can they remove energy leaks from their their thoughts and you know optimize their body and stuff like that. So she went in and. And really supported that uh, that group.
0: So, what is your your strategy for marketing? Are you going to be targeting end users, uh, consumers? Are you going to be going to businesses and you know on the topic of businesses and how you've uh, you know utilized this strategy for your own business? Would you be would part of your strategy be to approach other businesses with you know and and off tailor part of your platform as a, a business improvement platform or Mm. is it more like an end user platform or or what is your plan for you know really growing the user base and you know obviously aside from building a great platform that's user-friendly and and good content and and that sort of thing
1: yeah so ux is obviously very important but how we build it uh we're going to be a consumer facing platform where we're targeting the end user but our corporate strategy is also very interesting because we have a lot of people in our network that are high up in corporate and that have a lot of staff and team members that would benefit from this. So we'll definitely help them adopt, but it'll still be on a a one-to-one consumer basis where they can sign up and create their own account, etc. I actually have a very deep marketing background, so I know a lot about how to acquire customers and how to actually uh, get them through funnels and stuff like that. So we'll be using a lot of the traditional means, but we'll also be using a lot of really interesting viral means where want to create a viral coefficient greater than one where people, every user who comes in is sharing it with more than one user because of how much value they're getting from it. You know, I, if, think- um, I was just saying that you know if, if you really love something and something's really benefiting you, you're very likely to share it. And so we're, we're also uh, building the ecosystem to be growing autonomously based on the styles of rewards and the styles of experiences people are going to have.
0: So Faze, tell me about the upcoming token sale. When is it scheduled for?
1: Yeah, so we've got a lot of interest for the upcoming token sale. The private sale is already happening. Public pre-sale is gonna happen July seventh, twenty eighteen. Uh, and then the public sale will happen August the eighth, twenty eighteen. It's seven, seven, eighteen, and eight eight eighteen, respectively. Uh, and then our tokens will be released on ten, ten, eighteen, and we're gonna hit the exchanges on eleven eleven eighteen.
0: Great. And are there any restrictions on jurisdictions that can participate in the token sale or the pre-sale?
1: Yeah, that's all found in our white paper.
0: And will there, there be a whitelist where you know, only people on the whitelist can participate in the pre-sale and, or is it open to everyone?
1: Correct. Yeah, we're going to open up our whitelist and do KYC process starting June 15th. And um, we're, we have some, some jurisdictions that we're avoiding based on regulation.
0: And where can people find out more information about the platform?
1: Yeah, anyone wanting to find out more can go to www.highvibe.network and we'd love to have you there. They can also head to our Telegram group, which is High Vibe Network Token. High Vibe Network is defining an entirely new industry category known as functional entertainment. Content that uplifts your mood, helps you grow, and also entertains you. And that's what we really want to take to the world.
0: Sounds good my guests on the show today has been phase nazarali ceo and co-founder of high vibe network and thank you for coming on the show today and we're looking forward to the upcoming token sale and wish you the best of success and we'd love to have you on the show again for uh, another episode to uh, follow up and check in after your beta and alpha platform have launched and uh to work together with you and uh, the rest of your team in the future.
1: Thanks so much, Angela. It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. BountyZeroX does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty X podcast or website.